Performance is the smartest solution in the universe for men dealing with erectile dysfunction, or ED. So, we hired an equally smart guy who knows a thing or two about the universe to explain our treatment. An astrophysicist. Peak Performance. Hi, I'm an astrophysicist. What makes Peak Performance the smartest ED solution is that it uses a revolutionary process called focused linear compression therapy. These short, comfortable treatments involve no pain, no surgery, no side effects, and are effective for over 80% of men. Peak Performance. Very smart. Call Peak Performance today at 1-800-210-8181 for a free blood flow evaluation. That's 1-800-210-8181. Call 1-800-210-8181 or visit peakperformanceformen.com. Peak Performance. Man at his peak. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, Psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiaka, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiaka, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiaka. Hello, my visionary friends. Thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiecka, on another exciting adventure into future possibilities. This is Mission Evolution, where we share innovative thoughts and information with today's leading esoteric and scientific experts supporting the co-creation of a better tomorrow. You, my treasured audience, are a very important part of this discussion. Email info at missionevolution.org with any comments or questions. We'll address them on the very next show. So grab your pad and pen. Take notes, sit back, and enjoy. This hour, we'll be exploring from loss through recovery to evolution. If there's one thing that's universally feared, it's loss. Loss of income, a home, a relationship, or a loved one is very traumatic for any of us. At the same time, loss is a constant in life where everything is subject to continuous change. Everything has purpose. 
The key to finding it is in transforming the experience into something positive. Is it possible to recover from loss and use it to become more than we were before? How can we not only recover, but move beyond suffering and tap into the evolutionary power of loss? With us this hour to delve into the loss and recovery and transformation is Jeannie Seeley-Smith, author of Nine Friends in Times of Loss. For nearly 38 years, Jeannie has served as CEO of Prospectus. She's the founder of Minnesota's largest therapeutic supportive housing program for homeless recovering women and their children. Jeannie ensures implementation of the agency's mission and vision, its relevance to the community, and its accountability to its diverse constituents. She's also responsible for implementing best practices through a multidisciplinary team of professionals to ensure families return to permanent housing. Her website, perspectives-family.org. Jeannie, on behalf of our listeners and myself, welcome to Mission Evolution. Oh, thank you, Gwilda. I'm glad to be here. I'm so honored. I'm just so impressed with your work, and I feel fortunate and blessed to be part of it. Well, I feel feel about the same way about you. I'm oh, what you're doing is you. pretty pretty amazing. What, what's your educational background, Jeannie? Um, uh, my background is so different than what I that I am in. I'm a physical um, scientist background with you know uh, politics and which I have used a, a lot with my um, you know with my work. But I'm more into mental health and emotional uh, well being and emotional stability with our children. Uh, so uh, my political science background has really helped, but uh, I have that from West uh, University of Wisconsin. So this has been a, a big change from where I was thinking I was going to go, but um, as a writer, but still, um, I, I've tapped into it. I think all of us have a background that we didn't necessarily use in our profession, which is, I think, has uh, been intriguing for me. It has been, you know. It's if we if our life goes according to plan, it'd get pretty boring, wouldn't it? Yes, I guess it would. Yeah. How how did you become interested in loss? Um, very early, my uh, my twin sister. I came from a family of four: two older brothers and a twin sister. A very fortunate, happy family of six. And um, my mother was this wonderful teacher and played the piano every evening as we would sleep and. Uh, was a kindergarten teacher, so we, we really benefited from all of her background on, on how to raise children and engage us in learning. And very suddenly, when we were nine years old, she went into the hospital, and within one week, she was gone. Oh, my. And we just um, did not have, at that time, this is back in the late 50s, there was, <laughs> there was no response to loss other than be strong, look strong, and carry on. There was yeah. no therapy or, or uh, any type of emotional support around what that loss was. I was blessed to have a twin sister. Well, grief is something it seems like few of us know how to process, much less support others, others going through it. Why do you suppose that is? Because uh, we see such a weakness around it. We have uh, grief in its own natural form uh, takes on its own journey, if, but uh, we have learned to fight that journey. That's what I call the nine friends in our body. Um, we, the, the grief, of, first of all, uh, tears are part of grief, and that is a sign of weakness, or has been until you know recently. I mean, we are rapidly changing on how we are. Uh, totally nurturing and supporting of the grief process today. But, but it has yeah. to be relearned, doesn't it? I mean, it's like we've been conditioned against it for generations. Um, and so isn't it kind of an uphill battle to get it to where people can actually embrace grief rather than avoid it? And that depends on how you have evolved, you know, and through through life and your age. That's um, the older generation, the baby boomers were not taught to grieve. It, it was a sign of get over, you know, how many times have we heard what are the messages? Get over it, move on. Uh, you know, you can buy another dog. You can, I mean, it, it has always been minimized because people are so frightened of it. When they see you in grief, they see them, themselves because everyone can escape it. We all know we're going to have that journey. So it's frightening and uh, we tend to run from it. And people just did not know what to do 
you know, back you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, they had no idea what to do when uh, somebody was in grief. What are the symptoms of someone that's been unable to properly grieve? Well, I, uh, it really is quite devastating. Um, unresolved grief is, I think, at the core of all the women that we serve in our supportive housing program, at the very core. I, there's another book I have rumbling in my, my brain on the nine folds of grief. Uh, you know, these are the ones I wrote were the nine friends, but the nine folds are anger, things like fear. Fear produces depression, depression, anxiety, anxiety is victim, self-pity. And then, you know, we can uh, go into tremendous guilt, maybe shame. Uh, then indulgence, overindulgence, addiction, uh, eating disorders. It turns somewhat to jealousy and mistrust. And the final stage, I think, is a loss of spirituality. So, so it's not, all of those, it's not good. <laughs> all of those are anchored in unprocessed grief, the way you're looking at it here. I do. Um, I think others have done and managed it um, maybe more productively. You know, I always think of that horrible story of Theodore Roosevelt, who in one day lost um, his, he had uh, had a child and he was, you know, away from home. His, his wife had, had, uh, had born a child and he came home. And within that 24 hours, his wife died and his mother died, his beloved mother. At that time, the story was that he had everything erased from the house and, her, and his, the name of his wife was never to be mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some, some people do respond that way, don't they? It's just yes. like, get it away so I don't have to feel it. Yeah, they get rid of the clothes, they, they empty the house, they, I mean, I, they keep pictures, but they, they can't bear the sight. And there would be, have to be so much research with people who go into such denial. How does that work? Um, what does that denial do? Sometimes it creates a stronger person doing something else and they start a new life and they forget the past. But can you? Can yeah, you that's the question. Can you really? Or does it get locked someplace in your body to percolate later as illness or uh, disease? Well, well, it has to. You know, If we look at the body, and this was my fascination with the subject, is that I had always seen how the body was able to heal itself miraculously. You know, it heals our bones and, it, and nerves are, are regenerated and, and we fight disease with this explosion of white blood cells. Our, our bodies, even in death, what happens to our body, it still fights to the very end. It's why our hands turn blue and our feet turn blue. We, you know, all the blood is rushing to keep that heart. It's kind of like, go, 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 go. You can hear the body inside saying, go, 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 keep us alive, keep that heart alive. And so when we see that miraculous um, interaction of how our body works and the hormone releases, that was what led me to believe that we could, those same things happen to heal us emotionally. They're there. We have. Yes. It's always, it has always fascinated me that um, the body is so designed to, to heal itself, and yet we're so riddled with disease in the society. Do you see that as being related to unprocessed grief? I do. I, I, I might overstate it, but I think at the core of all sadness and, and fear and anger, depression and illness. Um, it's that unresolved loss that we have in our life. You grieve for so many things. The parent, you know, the child that doesn't have the relationship with the parent, the parent and child who are the mother who never bonded, that she was detached, uh, the child who always feels they never had their mother even though their mother was alive, you know, the, the loss of someone mentally, some, you have a mental illness in your, your family, and just having to work through that, a child who might be schizophrenic, you know, the, the loss of everything, it, it, it encompasses our whole life. Well, I would really like to go more into the hidden forms of grief. I don't think we recognize all of them. We will have to take a commercial break between now and then, though. So, But on the other side of this, after this break, we will come back and talk about what are the hidden forms of grief and how do they impact our lives. Well, Jeannie and I will return shortly, so don't go away. This is Mission Evolution Radio with Gula coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Mm-hmm. 
Patty Conklin grew up in Brooktondale, New York with a unique ability. Unlike others, she could see how the vibration of words and emotions affected the physical body. She discovered how to release stored emotion and facilitate healing. This began today's Conklin method of cellular cleansing. The private practice grew with tremendous results, as did her reputation. More and more people sought her out, bringing her into the home for healing. She soon realized she could even teach this to others, and they could shift perception and thus prevent illness from occurring. Patty Conklin quickly became a frequent keynote speaker, and she developed a curriculum for teaching the Conklin method of cellular cleansing. For more information, visit pattyconklin.com. P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N, pattyconklin.com, or call 404-474-0086. That's 404-474-0086. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution, missionevolution.org, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. To all our faithful and thoughtful audience, we really value your opinion and would love to hear from you. What do you think about evolving through loss? Email me at info at missionevolution.org and give me your thoughts or questions so we can share them on the next show. Speaking of which, this in from a member of our audience regarding the episode entitled Environmental and Healthcare Crisis, Irrevocably Broken, LS states, Some are so broken they need to be dismantled and started over again. Every doctor has been trained by a broken system. No one knows anything about curing disease. They only know how to drug symptoms. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts, L.S. Curious audience? Visit missionevolution.org archives to find environmental and healthcare crisis and give us your take on it. With us this hour to discuss recovering from loss is Jeannie Seeley-Smith. Her website, perspectives-family.org. Jeannie, we were just about to go into these hidden forms of loss. You were starting to list some of them. Um, you know, it seems like we don't necessarily recognize all the things that, that uh, leave us with unprocessed grief. Would you go into that a little for us, please? Well, we just, um, I think, well, there's a good quote um, the, there was an 18th century Samuel Johnson, who you know is a you know a, a great poet and playwright, who said once, "Where grief is fresh, any attempt to divert it only irritates." <laughs> so I would even go further and say, any attempt to divert it, you know, sabotages. And when that begins, when that process begins, then the grief internalizes and and deeply and unless and, and becomes 
it's a great word that you say hidden because it, it is hidden. Nobody has any really concept that what is at the bottom of their their depression or maybe their anxiety or they always feel the shame that they're not worthy. You know, there's such a great, I mean, I, I love the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is that concept that you can make restitution where shame says, you know, I did something, so I'm a bad person. Or, you know, guilt you can restore. But when people go into that shame, I'm a bad person, and then that victimization, it's just how you live your life. When when you see people um, in their personality, you can feel their spirit and their emotional stability. And if there's joy, you know, you can feel people with joy. So those are, are people who have resolved grief because I don't know of anyone that doesn't have grief in their life. So it's not as if people have not worked it through and resolved it, especially today. People are so much more conscious of what unresolved grief can do. You know, there's a, a Celtic concept, a Celtic shamanic concept. It's the three harpers. And um, the, there was the first harper plays the sound of, of grief. Uh, his sad song makes everybody cry. And then the second harper plays joy, joyous. Everybody's dancing like at, the, at a wake, you know. But then the, the process is not over until the third harper plays the lullaby. So it's like embracing the joy and sorrow sine wave. It, you have to really delve into both, or don't you just kind of flatline? Yes, oh, that's beautiful. Because the joy can come, but even in my little book, my little gift book, Nine Friends, it talks about how joy and laughter were there for a while, and and uh, those those are two friends that eventually come, and how after a while, we you know I write it in the in the first person where we begin to get a little bored with joy and laughter. You know we can only do so much, and they tire us out after a while, and so it's that third harp you talked about. Um, when that comes, uh, the evolution into a more higher level of spirituality, where you begin to tap into resources that we think might be above or over or you know somewhere else, but actually found inside of us when we tap into them. You know that we are, I think, created, designed to have that spirituality. Um, within us all, and if you can tap in, and I know meditation, and different people have found it, you know, you know through mindfulness, it's, it's just, um, it's a leap, I believe, you know, I think Kierkegaard talked about that, that leap into faith, and I, I think that's what happens, that's your third heart. Absolutely, so, so how can we better move through grief? It seems like, uh, you know, what's the first thing that hits, and how do we, it would appear to me that that's when we first start our avoidance, because it's so intense. Um, how can we better em embrace that? I think if we understand the process, we won't go immediately into fear, and, and uh, fear is the first response. But if we can understand that shock comes first, now, not always, you know, sometimes it's so Whenever grief comes, there's a shock of it. And then when that happens, and everybody might know that, think back to that time in their life when something hit them that was so terrible. They said, I, they even say, I feel like I'm in shock. I can't feel. Well, there's a reason why you don't feel, because there is a cascade of hormones responses that are that are going through the body, through starting in the pituitary gland that just circles the body keeping us you know, uh, numb, keeping us shut down, but able to function. You know, sometimes shock is so severe and our body doesn't recover that you can die from shock. But if we know, and I have walked through this shock, I'm saying I'm in shock, we know it's not going to be there. Shock is one of the, uh, the fastest uh, phases. And I have shock as our first friend you know, in the book, but it's a very fast phase. And it comes in, you might live in shock for three or four or five days, maybe even, you know, six, eight, nine days. You, you always hear, how's that person doing? And somebody will respond, I think they're still in shock. Mm -hmm. And that is a real thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the body. It's the body's function. So when you feel that, you can feel safe. Okay, my body's going through shock. It's taking care of itself. And then I, I talk about the, the second response to our grief the one that is, you know, so denied and so pushed away. How many times, Gilda, do you hear somebody say, oh, they're so strong? They're so strong. 
And they interpret that strength with a lack of actually sobbing, grief, and even at times maybe hysteria. And that people look at that. Now, that isn't always the great thing to necessarily do in public. It's always wonderful to have a, your, a loved one with you when you are in this sobbing state. But we now know through the you know, biochemist, uh, William Fry was the first person, in fact, here in Minneapolis uh, back in the 80s that wrote The Mystery of Tears. And we know that tears have a different DNA than shedding tears like from an onion peel or a cold because they are shedding uh, endorphins. And the, it releases kind of a valve for stress, sadness, grief, anxiety, frustration. Tears are given to us. The body created them. This is uh, when I first started to do this study. The tears were created for us to be able to release our grief. We know that every time we sob and sob, we feel better. doesn't last always for long, but we just keep doing it, and then it passes. Well, it seems like that's one of the stages, though, that we, we really judge against. I know that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I went into a, a grieving process, and I'm, I'm not one to cry very much, mm-hmm. <laughs> much to my detriment, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And my, my poor son, for the first time in his life, saw me crying. I thought he was going to have a nervous breakdown. So, of course, my tears dry right up, you know. Mm-hmm. How, how can we support each other through that rather than go into horror? I think if you're uncomfortable with crying in front of somebody, which most people are. Some people can let tears come, but they can't sob. Uh, you need to go into your haven. And you need to go, I just need to go and cry. I know it's healing. And if I... If I'm protecting somebody else or I don't want to make people more uncomfortable, that's a detriment to yourself. You're denying what your body is supposed to do. And I first started my my little gift book uh, with a friend who had lost his sister, and he was um, just devastated. And he was going to a beach down in Mexico, and he was going to walk that beach. And I remember telling him, don't fight your body. And let whatever happens come because it knows how to heal itself. The body is remarkable and it will know how to heal. So that was actually the beginning. I started to write this long email to him. And it was the beginning of me writing the the little gift book. It's amazing how those things come through. Um, I have a friend. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Every time that she really feels like she needs to move through grief and she's brought up like we were, you know, stiff upper lip thing. Yeah. She has a repertoire of very sad movies, and she'll sit down, and the movie itself will uh, start it moving, and, and then she can go into grief. Are there other tools like that? Oh, that is so fabulous that she does that, um, because sometimes it's hard to do it yourself. You know, Sometimes it's just hard to cry. I want to cry, but I can't. Um, or some people say, I just really never cry. I don't know how to cry. So think how many times that person has suppressed that natural beautiful gift that we have been given to do that. So what she did was found a way, she, you know, uh, she kind of backed into it, you know, by looking at uh, movies. Not everyone needs that. Some person can go and just go for a long walk um, and maybe listen to some music and cry, or some people cry naturally. But what she did was wonderful. Yes, there's people who turn on movies, you read a book, you go into a grief group, you know, sometimes even grief groups, though, um, people you don't know, you're not as comfortable with. Um, Everyone needs a friend when you're in grief. And Mm. if you don't, you know, um, I have women in our program who really don't have that any type of person. And so they used my little book as their friend to cry through. You know, it it seems like something outside of yourself can be very Mm -hmm. helpful. Like you say, a friend, a book, a song, because you start going into someone else's sadness first, which is a little less intimidating, and then you can embrace your own. Um, We'll talk about embracing sadness on the other side, but it is time, that magic moment, for another commercial break. Jeannie and I will return to our discussion about grief and moving through it, so you stay right there. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Well, 
audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404-474-0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404 404- Four seven four zero zero eight six. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Hello again, this is Mission Evolution. Did you know our entire Leading Edge Information Packed episode collection is available to listen or download with our compliments? Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. Our guest this hour is Ginny Seely smith Her website, perspectives-family.org. Ginny, we were getting into some interesting uh, thoughts about the ability to embrace our sorrow, to embrace our grief in order mm-hmm. to get through it. Would you mind mm-hmm. touching in on that a little bit for us? Oh, um, thank you, Gwelda, um, with that question, because that's almost the key question. And it's a painful answer. Because uh, to embrace, one has to embrace the pain. And there's the there's a AA saying that probably everyone has heard many, many times, no pain, no gain. And that's very similar to grief, that if we do not move into the grief and sorrow and actually embrace that time, uh, we will not heal. The no pain, no gain sort of means no pain um you wouldn't if you do not you won't heal unless you feel and so the pain makes you know makes that healing happen so you have to go through it it's it's amazing the only way out is through right you know yes there's no way around it yeah it's amazing to me um i know again from my experience having children that if you can um 
change the way you envision pain or respond to pain, it can ease the process greatly. It's almost like the fear mm-hmm. of pain itself is, is more of the pain. Oh, perfectly said, because that is, it is all based on fear um, that we won't be able to go through it. We can't go through it. I, I can't do this again. I, I won't be able to. There is um, I, my, nine friends, the, the, little, uh, the little gift book, I'm writing the play. So I have come to know grief and sorrow more intimately by writing them and hearing them speak in the play. The play is quite fun to do uh, because um, the protagonist, uh, Beth, in the play, is fighting with grief and sorrow. And she's telling them, uh, go away. You know, she's trying to keep them out as they walk in. And they walk in with these long black cloaks and, you know, they're they're carrying chimes with them. It's all, you know, very deeply tragic feeling as they cross her shadow, as they come into uh, to her little cottage. And they, and when she pushes them away, they, they said, um, you know, that we want you to understand your choices, that you need to recognize that we cannot be sent away. You might think we're gone, but if you think we're gone, we're not. We're deep inside. So right, impacting the rest of your away. life. Yeah, yeah. impacting and the rest of your life. Yes, and we will be there forever until you recognize us. Well, you know, the, the, thing you just, the thing you just said, I can't do this again. Doesn't mm-hmm. that speak of the again means you didn't get over the last time, and now here you're confronted with more on top of what you haven't processed? Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, even, and, and you know, Gwilda, even if you try to do everything right, um, it's still a horrible thing to go through. Uh, a profound loss is, is with you forever. You, you heal. That is the whole point of, of being able to embrace it um, and l- learn to, uh, you know, that you can become, you know, I, I hate to use the word stronger, but what you, when you emerge from this process, your greatest gift is, I think, empathy and compassion. You do become a more compassionate individual. You begin to learn how to be grateful if you emerge that way. And if you go ahead. Well, it's it seems like that unless you go through the process, you aren't able to be compassionate because somebody else's grief triggers your own. And oftentimes that just makes us mad or makes us distant. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's it's very similar to the quote that I, I talked about at the beginning, that um, that any attempt to divert uh, grief only irritates grief. And as I said, you know, when I said I would go further, that it sabotages. So you are you are not doing yourself any good by thinking that I can get busy and do something and not feel it, and I it will go away, and I'm running around, and people do a whole bunch of stuff. I'm keeping busy, keeping busy, and those are some natural things, and some and those are coping mechanisms that very often work. You know, we we just clean the house, right? When someone you know, we have a loss, you know, it's so profound that we have to keep moving. Some of that is good, but you can only do it, you can only clean so long before you have to really recognize and embrace that pain and say, I am in grief. And it lasts, you know, it can last for months, it can last for a couple of years, there is no time for it. But the more you fight it, the longer it will stay. You know, I understand the the medical profession um, is starting to reevaluate the way they look at and deal with grief. Um, I remember early on, grief was was medicated away. Uh, you know, somebody's in hysterics and they're sobbing. We'll give them a sedative uh, because that's not okay, right? Um, how how are they changing their views on that at this point? Do you know? Well, um, I. I am connected to Mayo a bit and had uh, spoken with a physician there um, when I lost my twin sister, uh, which was the greatest loss of my life, more so than my mother at nine. Uh, This was four years ago. And I was just there for uh, just a a physical, annual physical, and mentioned to them that the first time I came here, six months after I lost my twin, we had been there together. I had my twin and I were sitting in the same waiting rooms that we were waiting in, and I was walking through the same hallways. And it, I, and this was only six months, 
And they were, when, when I would be in tears and, and talk about where I am and how are you doing, um, they began to think that, um, why don't we see, why don't you see the psychiatrist? So, so I'm up for anything. And I didn't, I don't think the person has, had ever even, you know, young, I don't think he'd ever even lost a goldfish. I don't know, but he, he was not, he, he was right away talking about um, medication and that six months seems like a long time. So when I went back the next year, I'm stronger now. And I came back and, and they were very receptive in hearing you need to learn how to deal with a client or a patient who is suffering from grief. It is different than a mental illness. You can't put it in that category. Grief is a sickness, and you grief and sorrow because you feel sick when you have grief and sorrow. But it does pass, and to medicate it only takes you know that you 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 working through it and healing from it. You know it it takes it away. I'm not saying that some people shouldn't. You know, and, and so they were saying that they are really looking in to how to work with um, their patients around grief. They know they need to, the Asian population. So there is a lot in the medical field right now that is validating um, grief and sorrow and separating it from a mental health diagnosis. That's, that's really good news because yeah. let's talk a little bit about the benefits on the other side of, you know, you touched in on, you know, getting more compassionate and this and that. But when we really thoroughly move through a grieving process, um, what are the benefits on the other side? What's the transmutation? How can we evolve through the process? Well, you know, um, Elizabeth Cooper Ross had her eight stages and the last stage was acceptance so acceptance is a friend, one of the nine friends, after grief and sorrow. There, I felt it. I felt this acceptance with my twin maybe two, you know, two and a half years, you know, after she passed over. And I, I was a little surprised that it did not feel as comforting as I thought it would because when I wrote about it, I think I would write a little bit differently. Acceptance is a difficult time as well. So I always warn people when I read my book, it said the first four friends are very hard to read. If you can get through it, there is, you know, a, a beautiful sunshine at the end. You know, it's light at the end of that tunnel. But when you do get through the, you know, that, those stages, and, and they, the stages collide back and forth. And that's, it's not like, you know, you have a very end stage and then you move on. Acceptance was painful because you really do realize the impact that the person's not coming back. Or whatever loss you have. You know, it's not always just the loss of a beloved. It can be a loss of a beautiful job or a beautiful home or a beautiful relationship or a friendship that you had or, you know, a, 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 a parent-child relationship, a relationship loss. But there are people who have beautiful jobs that lose them and never can replace them. So that acceptance is knowing that. And that's kind of a hard time, too. You get through well, that you, and you're on the other side. Then you're on the other side, right? Yep, the acceptance, yep. I'll bet it is difficult. But once you've accepted it, then can't you open up to feeling the joy of what it has been, to feeling the gratitude and to revisiting it and having the good times come back without having to go through that grieving cycle again? Absolutely. That's exactly what happens. And I went through that process. I, I felt the acceptance and I realized, oh, this is harder than what I really wrote about. Um, because it was that, the, you know, in my little book, you know, the sun shines in because when grief and sorrow are there, you know, all the shades are shut, the fire, law, the, the fire goes out, you know, the books come out and you go into this grieving time. Um, it's almost like sitting Shiva, I guess, in a way, but that forever. <laughs> but after acceptance, the friend that comes that we're so happy to see in the book, it's just so, and in the play is more dramatic, is that comfort comes with a teapot on her head and logs for the fireplace on her back and holding a bouquet of lilacs. And it, you do move into that. And I felt I, in the comfort stage was just such, a, the grief had passed. The healing oh. was beginning. We're going to pick up on Healing is Beginning on the other side of a commercial break. Okay. But it is that time. Jeannie and I will be back shortly to continue our discussion. So don't you go away. This is Mission Evolution on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back. This is Mission Evolution, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I love to hear from our listeners. Your thoughts are very important to me. To suggest a topic or guest that you'd like to be that you would find of interest, please email me at info at missionevolution.org. 
This hour, we're sharing thoughts with Jeannie Seeley Smith. Her website, perspectives-family.org. Jeannie, we had just come to uh, a lovely conclusion at the end of last segment about how once you move through grief, if you really are vigilant and do your work well, mm-hmm. the carrot at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, is the fact that you can then revisit um, the beauty of the relationship or the job or whatever you're grieving um, and and make that part of your experience versus every time you even think about it going into into grief. Um, that to me is one of the most evolutionary pieces. Do you think so as well? Oh yes. I mean, it's um, it's how how you spoke about it is exactly. I mean, that's exactly what happens. I believe it is an evolutional um, kind of a uh, transitional experience, and you you emerge. It's like the you know phoenix rising from the ashes. You do emerge from it, and as you use the word worked. It is work to get through it. it. This is not easy. You know, it's uh, you uh, to get to where you want to be is a, a lot of dedication, a lot of realizing where you are, identifying your feelings when you can't take it so long. You do positive things. You go for a walk. You call a friend. You do kind of try to get away from it. But comfort comes, and that was that was such a, a great time for me. But when I knew that comfort was there, I could feel just I could enjoy again. I could laugh and. And I could enjoy a meal and I could enjoy friends because your friends will, you know, friends, you know where your friends are at this time because not everybody wants to be around anyone that is grieving. In fact, most people don't. So speaking, speaking of loss and people not wanting to be around people when they're down, Mm -hmm. I understand you're the founder of a therapeutic supporting housing program for homeless and recovering women and their children. What inspired you to take on that project? I think that was really driven my, by my desire to uh, reunite mothers and children. I was so sad um, seeing, because I worked in anti-poverty um, programs in Wisconsin um, when, I would, when I came out of college and had a 10-county program of, of, around youth development and dealt with a lot of children in poverty, and children were not often with their parents. Uh, child protection was involved. And then when I moved here to um, Minnesota, to Minneapolis, I, I began this program of bringing mothers who were uh, recovering, were in the treatment program while they were incarcerated. And when they came out, we knew that uh, I, was, I had a beautiful board of directors who knew that if that woman would be able to enter in mainstream society and have a home you know, a comforting home, which was in a safe neighborhood, and be reunited with her children, that she had a chance. You know, you know it, sounds, it sounds to me like you transmuted the grief of losing your mother early on into getting mother and children back together um, as an adult. I always, when I first walked through the hallways of the, after we bought the buildings, and before women moved in, and I, I kept seeing my mom. And mm. I knew... And I saw all the children and the mothers who would be reunited here. And it was, I, that was a, a, a very um, emotional time. I did not have um, addiction in my background, so I did not know, that's what I was saying before about, about my education, didn't have anything to do around mental health and addiction. But I sure learned through osmosis quickly about addiction and the, the women that came who so much wanted to change their lives. I, mm-hmm. I was so inspired, Gilda, with um, the fact that the women who came, um, they taught us everything. We, we, we learned so much from them. Mm-hmm. If you can think, would you get, I'm, I'm struggling, Gilda, this is one of the things in my twin talk, we never said our L's. <laughs> I had a, so an L in the middle of the word was, I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh, can't do that yeah. one. So how how did you deal with the trauma that the women and the children had experienced once, you know, you're, you're getting very traumatized people, it sounds like to me. Oh, they cannot believe their life. I always speak of them as, uh, as Fontaine. When you think of Les Mis, you know, uh, the character that was written 200 years ago in Les Mis and her song, I Dream a Dream. Mm-hmm. And I will repeat that when I say that there was a time when love was blind and the world was a song and the song was exciting. There was a time. 
and then I end it with, and then it all went wrong. And mm-hmm. no one, no woman, you know, thinks she's going to be incarcerated. No woman thinks she's going to lose her child and become homeless. So the the, the fact of of bringing um, women who have been so traumatized, and we were one of the first who did trauma informed care because we knew trauma was at the core. So and, and grief, it, right? And um, resolve grief of that trauma, yeah. yeah, of having horrible, you know, uh, upbringings, uh, abuse, sexual abuse, um, you know, just oh, I mean, it's just being abandoned, being raised in crack houses, I and mean, mm-hmm. the, the children just grabbed me because I identified with the children. I did not identify as much with the mothers, but I did with the children, and that just kept me going for you know now. 37 years. Oh, bless you for doing it. Have, have you found a way to help these women and children transform their loss into better circumstances? We do it. We have a, we believe our motto is a national motto. We, we speak a lot, um, you know, to our county and our state and, and to um, even the you know, DHS at federal level around a trauma-informed model that, and that's, it's a multidisciplinary staff, which means that you are, cannot work with a woman in isolation without, you know, and just providing her a house to live in. And our homes are completely furnished. But we know that we can get them, as we say this little saying, we can get them off the street, but we want to get them on their feet, which Mm -hmm. means working with the core issue of homelessness, and that is trauma. So we have to have therapists. We we have our own outpatient treatment program. And we have, we spend, this is um, an expensive program for the women, but our, we spend the same amount for the children. We have a family center where we um, provide a, a kids' cafe, uh, extended day programming, mental health program for children, an early childhood education program. So we believe that the model that we're, we're that we have uh, created is a multi generational model, the only model that will break the cycle of violence and break the cycle of homelessness. What what would you like to share with the members of our audience that might find themselves in similar circumstances? I mean, like none of us, you know, gosh forbid, think we'll ever end up there. But then what? Well, you don't want to end up there. And we have a lot of safety nets in our society that keeps you from ending up there. But the, the disparity right now, you know, and the huge gaps between the, the rich and the poor. The women we are working with are, are women who have suffered from poverty. Um, many people are a couple paychecks away from being homeless. And so that I, I just encourage anyone not to add to it, you know, not to add to your despair. Make, when you are in the most desperate situation, you want to be the most careful of your choices. You know, when you're doing pretty well in life, you can make some choices and mistakes and you can pick yourself up. But you derail very quickly when you are desperate. And drugs, bringing drugs into into um, your situation, if you are in despair, uh, will absolutely, you will go into a tailspin and, and, the, and the dive into that hole is so hard to climb out of. Mm, it is. What's your vision for the future of, of your company, of Perspectives? Well, we are right now in a $13 million capital campaign uh, where we are rebuilding our family center and adding on 16,000 square feet so that we can have um, additional early childhood development program. The, uh, to me, the key to our future is early child development, where you are able to intervene with a child who has experienced trauma since birth, that the, the research is so compelling. It comes out of Harvard. It's around the world. We, there's, it's all done. That is wrapped up. We know that you can intervene in a child before they are three years old or before, at least before they are five, and you can change that situation for them. So After the one that's five, been sand, sand, handed down from generation to generation, you can break that chain at that point? Yep, you can break the cycle. You break the cycle with the children. And we probably break more cycles with the children than we do with the moms. We just had, um, you know, I mean, I have story after story of children coming back to us and saying they lived here and that's what made them, they said, I will never follow the path that my mother did. Mm-hmm. And the mothers now are reunited with them and the mothers have made amends and, uh, and so often that the family is healed. 
but they don't all, you know, probably 25% of our families do not well, make it. 25% is a pretty good percent given yeah, the, the, the tragedy you're dealing with. We yeah. are just about out of time. You know, I well, can't thank you enough, Jeannie, for the beautiful, beautiful work you're doing in the world and the people you're working with. It's just phenomenal. So well, thank you so much. I want to just quickly say ninefriends.net is where my book is found. Ninefriends.net. Thank you right. so much. Thank, thank you, you so much for being on the show. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Our guest this hour has been Jeannie Seeley Smith, the author of Nine Friends in Time of Loss. Jeannie serves as CEO of Perspectives, Minnesota's largest therapeutic supportive housing program for homeless recovering women and their children. Her website, perspectives-family.org. Remember, our entire information-packed past episode collection is available for listen or download free of charge. Visit our archives at www.missionevolution.org for our ever-growing selection of guests and topics. This has been Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Join us next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to our evolving world.